Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Runners World podcast with me Ben Hobson and Rick Pearson and Jay McGuire. In this episode, we all talk to Steph Davis, but this introduction is not the one that we recorded because that one has been sadly lost to the ether that is deleted files and forgotten things. So unfortunately, you've missed out on probably some of our most scintillating chat where we went round in circles talking about our own running. So you've actually dodged a bullet, really. Um, And we're going to just launch straight into this episode with Steph Davis. Rick is in there with the first question after the jingle. So... Welcome to the Runners World Podcast. Guest of the week, here in the studio, guest of the week, sometimes on the phone, could be an athlete, could be a physio, or a complete unknown. I guess you're not someone who ran competitively their whole life, so just can you remind us how you first began running competitively and your progression from an amateur runner to an Olympian? Yeah, of course. So yeah, you're right. My competitive running kind of started actually at school age, but was very sporadic and more social. So as a kid, my parents were great at getting us involved with lots of different sports. So I did dancing, played hockey and tennis and did a running club once a week. I competed a bit for my school and loved it but um, mainly kind of did it based on kind of what my friends were doing. And that transferred onto university. I joined the running club there as well, but I did kind of what races and training kind of around my social life because I just love doing it with other people. Um, I generally perform quite well at races. I was never really like winning everything or anything, but um, would kind of be placing kind of near the front and but I wasn't thinking like I had a shot at becoming a professional athlete and the Olympics were kind of definitely not on my radar and it wasn't until 2018 that that was the first time that I actually followed kind of a structured day-to-day training plan and that came about when I entered um, the Berlin Marathon Ballot. I did that with my boyfriend and some friends who I knew from a local running club in London called the Clapham Chasers Marathon was kind of like never on my radar, but like I'd said before, everyone else was doing it. I thought it'd be a really fun social thing to kind of train with people, go to Berlin, run together. And I think probably deep down, I thought I'll never actually get a spot in this race. <laughs> um, but I was successful in the ballot, which was, which was awesome. And a coach who had seen me running at Battersea Track in London had offered to, to help me. And someone who had never been 
through structured training from kind of Monday to Sunday, they'd just gone to kind of the odd club session based on what I fancy doing and thought like, why not? This expertise would be really helpful, especially for a marathon. And I just loved like my first marathon experience from like the training, from the race itself. And I guess like it gave me that marathon bug that everyone kind of talks about. Like you, you maybe at points through the race are like, why am I doing this? But afterwards you're like, I want to do another one. So that's basically what happened to me. And the time that I ran in Berlin actually gave me the championship time for London and living in London at the time and hearing such great things about London Marathon, it seemed like a no brainer for that to be my next one. So in 2019, I did London Marathon and I actually ended up running a nine minute PB in that race, finishing a time of 2.32, which I guess probably is where it all kind of started. Um, for me, I realized I wasn't too far off that Olympic standard, which at the time was 2.29.30. And it, yeah, it just felt that maybe this was something that I could, that I could do. It felt really daunting, but pretty exciting at the same time. Um, so then I decided with my coach at the time, Phil Kissy, who'd, who'd coached me through Berlin and London, we decided then to do Valencia Marathon in 2019. And even then I was just trying to focus on like running a PB for me rather than getting fixated on this Olympic dream, which had kind of never been on the table when I was growing up. So we prepared for Valencia. My build definitely hadn't been as ideal as London and Berlin. Um, so I wasn't really sure what to expect, but um, I was there, I was in Valencia. I definitely had some good sessions under my belt, but it just wasn't maybe as consistent as I'd have liked it to have been. So I went with the 2.29 pacer. Um, there was a good group going out at that Olympic qualifying time. It felt pretty risky, especially in the moment, the pacer was actually going a bit quicker than um, was, was meant to be going at. So you're kind of running this race thinking, should I stick with this? Should I slow it down? I'll then be on my own, like what's best to do? So I ended up just holding on to it and the, the group kind of got smaller and smaller as the race went on, but the support just from the people you're running with, but also from like the crowds was, was so great. And I ended up running a time of 2.27, which put me kind of nearly two minutes under that Olympic standard. So that's kind of where the kind of journey started. Um, and then obviously COVID and everything hit. So things got slowed down after that. But um, for me, yeah, it was that that was Valencia was kind of a big moment in my running career. I really love stories where you kind of there's a lot of uh elite journeys always kind of stem from a very early age and it kind of like builds throughout sort of a, a career of sort of i don't know youth athletics and then through on to sort of like i always really like the sort of like i suddenly found out i was good at running and the way I, and away i went like it kind of always it's sort of there aren't that many sports really that have that happening are there you don't get like a footballer doesn't suddenly appear and, and like at, at 20 nine suddenly start playing in the premier league after sort of picking up a ball for a year do you know what i mean I, I love that sort of natural talent element of running that comes in where people suddenly can still achieve great things if they just sort of like when they when they when they find running yeah and i think by doing like a variety of sports when you're younger i definitely was very active so i'm sure i had a good kind of base level of fitness but um allowing me to kind of choose a sport 
myself rather than being like maybe pinholed into something um I think also made me just love the sport probably even more from my own experience I think it would have been different if I'd followed a rigorous plan from a young age um because it's yeah it's a lot following a, a training plan and you have to really kind of change other aspects of your of your life what does your weekly plan look like now what are you kind of training for now what is cross training cross training still super important in your kind of weekly routine because I've read that that is important for you yeah absolutely I still use cross training a lot in my routine and that kind of is what I use to kind of boost my weekly mileage so compared to a lot of other marathon runners my marathon my not marathon my weekly mileage is is on the lower side and so we've tended to add cross training to kind of supplement those missing miles so I typically run five to six times a week um, and then and I never double run day. So my second session of the day will always be something non-impact. And that's gone through different stages. Sometimes I've used the bike. Sometimes I've used the elliptical. At the moment, I'm actually spending a lot of time in the pool. Um, and that's just maybe been linked to um, niggles and stuff that I've had, what I'm actually finding I'm responding quite well to. So at the moment, we've chosen the pool just because it's a better kind of position for my body compared to the bike which maybe tightens the hip flexors and I had a hip injury in earlier in the year which we maybe thought kind of like the the bike position had just aggravated it a little bit so just to be on the safe side we're kind of slowly introducing the bike back in but we've been doing the swimming and the elliptical a lot more because of the position but um for me it's always something that will always be in there the volume I do kind of varies depending on where I'm at in a training block and it can range from three to six hours a week Um, typically it's probably around kind of four or five if I'm doing less running because I'm at the early stages of a training block it will be a bit higher but as I approach say a marathon where my running mileage has been going up then the cross training will typically come down a little bit how about um how about surfaces Steph, it, I've chatted to um, Mil Caress and he said that he basically does no running on, on the road unless he's racing pretty much. It's all kind of like hard trails. You, with someone who's had a history of injuries, is that something you, you try and limit as well, the amount of miles you do on the road? So it's something we're definitely trying to introduce now that I'm not living in London. But living in London, I just found that so hard to do. Just It wasn't really convenient for me to be able to say go out to like Richmond Park um, or somewhere yeah, where they had trails. But now that I'm living up in Leeds, it's definitely something that we're trying to incorporate more of is, yeah, using those softer surfaces, heading to the park and running on grass. And then, yes, saving kind of maybe doing like the sessions, like key sessions on the road. um, Because when you're running on these softer surfaces, you do just need to be mindful, yeah, that you want to kind of adjust your expectations on pace, but um, have that confidence still that you're, you're working in the right effort. So the adapt the training adaptations will be the same do you have a favorite session is there is there like a benchmark one that you know when you're like really flying when you can sort of go and do a session and you sort of <laughs> go yeah that one worked that one was the one that one feels good yeah i'd say when i'm training for a marathon i definitely take confidence from those longer sessions like those marathon pace sessions so we might have within like let's say like a 25k run three by five k is a, a typical one and they do bring a lot of confidence but I say like my favorite session probably varies quite a bit when I was coming back from injury I actually found like I was just loving the track work like shorter reps like 400s compared to the longer tempo efforts 
I think just because there was more rest yeah. there, I could still hit like quite a good pace, but having the, the more breaks in between just mentally felt a bit better. Whereas the longer reps, I was like, oh, this is where my lack of fitness is, is showing. <laughs> I feel like I have to talk about runner because Steph, I feel like I'm finally meeting my coach in real life. I used runner for the last marathon and loved it. Absolutely loved it. And kind of what, what can you talk about runner and kind of did you use your own experience to shape what you bring to the app yeah I'm one of the coaches at runner alongside Ben Parker and Beth Potter and we work as a team to develop the training plans uh, provide support and give advice to the runners on the app and for those who haven't heard of runner it's currently ranked the number one coaching app in the world and we provide automated training plans for over 30,000 runners in 180 different countries um, and the key thing with Runner is that we provide like personalized training plans around your training ability, how much you can run, how many days a week you can run, what you're training for um, at a, lot, a more affordable rate. Um, so as a coach, I'm working behind the scenes to develop these running plans and make sure that we have plans for all abilities that fit different schedules and cater for a variety of distances. So we are helping people that are literally new to running, have never really got into running before, right up to people who are training for multi-day ultras. Um, so we're constantly brainstorming different um, training plans. We're running loads of different scenarios all the time to make sure our plans are safe for different abilities and also getting yeah, people fit is the ultimate thing so they can peak at the right time for their races. So I feel like my experience as an athlete and going through the training cycles that I've gone through have, have definitely helped me um, build these training plans, especially I find like it's, it's getting people to be patient at the early stages of a training block and seeing that progression, get whether it's 16 weeks you've got to build for a race or eight weeks. Um, it's having yeah that, that patience at the early stages um, and progressing at a good rate. So when it comes to race day, you are feeling your your best and hopefully can yeah, yeah perform your best i'm an advert for runner if you need if you need me to you know give you any more comments i will no i loved it i really really loved <laughs> love it. it it's great jane yeah <laughs> jane you actually you did um you ran berlin after just using garmin connect yeah, i did i'm always here you're for an like experiment a, you're, you're a robot <laughs> <laughs> you just absolutely love an automated like that's yeah, you I'm, thrive off of this I'm a robot. computer I'm a robot. maybe this is your... that's what i need <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people do love the fact that the workouts can sync to your watch like we have that runner it's such a valuable tool for people who especially are new to structured training and new to intervals to have the workouts on their watch and guiding them through with the different paces and, and different distances of intervals is is super helpful what do you think Steph is the best piece of running advice you've ever been given um, good question. And I feel like this sometimes changes. More recently, I'd say it's to communicate. And I say this to the athletes that I coach as well, because as an athlete, you're like the only person that knows your body and how you're feeling. And if you don't let you, your coach know that, then it's really impossible to adapt your training, advise if you need to take a rest day, swap out a session for an easy run, you've got a niggle take a few days rest, cross train. And if we aren't kind of open from the start when maybe these feelings appear, 
then it's really hard as a coach for them to adapt your training plan. So I found that I'm trying to be like more open and because I think in the past I've always seen it's like, oh, I just won't say anything because I'll just be <laughs> annoying. But actually, if you don't speak up kind of like early, then you're more likely these things are going to linger and then could have more of a long-term effect or a lingering effect on your training. Whereas if you're open and honest from the start, you can hopefully nip things in the bud. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There tends to be a sort of sense of what you should be doing versus everyone else as well. That's that degree of comparison. And, uh, you know, your training kind of sits along someone else's and suddenly you find yourself being like, oh, I should do that session because everyone else is. Yeah, exactly. And I think that we have a community page on Runner as well. And I think it's it's talking to other athletes because you actually find like what you see other people doing. If you actually ask them for advice, they'd probably give you more helpful advice that isn't just maybe what you want to hear yeah go smash your session don't take a rest like this is what I'm doing like actually more people are open and honest and you actually find out that a lot of people are going through similar things themselves whereas if you're just looking at someone's Strava or Instagram it might look like everything's amazing and they're smashing it but what you don't see is like behind the scenes the pain they're feeling how hard they actually had to try in that session what runs they had to miss so I feel like not only being open to a coach, but just to open in general, I think just makes it seem real life because no training plan is ever going to be perfect. You will have to miss a run for whatever reason, whether it's works crazy or you just don't feel like it that day or something's popped up socially or an emergency or whatever. Um, things you do have to be flexible. And do you um do you have a running hero? And do you ever I always wonder with like races do you ever get starstruck on the on the start line where you're like oh my god it's that person yeah I do and even up here training I was just saying that I'm training up here at Leeds Beckett and it's a supported hub so there's some kind of big athletes coming in there and I end up in the gym and like Brian Lees are there and Beth Potter and Alex Bell and you're then like oh my goodness these are all like amazing people who have done such great things and I'm just here training with them um, so I, I would actually say like I have probably like a few heroes. When I was younger, I absolutely loved Kelly Holmes. Like just thought she was amazing. Um, I did experiment with 800s on the track when I was at school. So it was very relevant at the time. 
I just remember watching her on TV when she won the double gold and was really, really inspired. But nowadays I would say there is so there's so many talented runners out there. And what I love is seeing everyone kind of inspire each other and the bar is constantly getting higher, which feels scary sometimes, but then also feels like, well, maybe I could do it too. So it kind of motivates you. But I also really admire athletes um, like Molly Seidel. She's not only like really, really fast runner, um, had Olympic success, won a bronze medal, but I find like her openness and realness just really inspiring. She kind of shows how it actually is. And I think some athletes don't do that. I think the openness that she's shown, especially through her Instagram, has been really revealing in terms of the struggles and the 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 the, the, the duress of the competition and the anxiety and all the sort of elements that as it can be glossed over quite easily i think it's been it's been really uh, sort of brave of her to put that out there and i think as well especially like i've not had a great couple of years injury wise but and you sometimes i can put myself in this hole of being like oh, everyone else is just smashing it it's just me like why has this happened again and then you actually take a moment to to really think and there's so many athletes out there who have had a couple of years of really having to grind through it it's been inconsistent it's they've had to miss key races they wanted to do but um it does sometimes you have to really think about it and who those people have been because they aren't so open about it all the time mm. yeah we had chris thompson on a while ago and he talks about i think his career was very much in the balance he had to have a, a kind of critical achilles injury um operation ages ago and it was like and you think of what he's gone on to achieve well, you know, at four, even at 14, no, you know, so, well, which is really old, Ben. I'm, 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 I'm done. This is me and you. Do you get some of the same satisfaction from coaching people to marathon PVs as you would setting one yourself? Does it, does it, does it fill some of that, that space for you? And if so, do you see your future eventually being in, in the coaching space? Yeah, definitely. Like, I always get so nervous and I know my athletes who are doing races and just kind of, especially when there's not a tracker and in fact sometimes when there's a tracker it's worse because they don't always work reliably and you're like have they stopped are they still going and it does yeah I get so nervous but also so excited um when my athletes do races and unfortunately I don't get to see as many of them live as I would I was I would like to because just training and other ties myself but um I absolutely love coaching and most of it I do as I was saying kind of remotely to fit around my own training but definitely once I've kind of reached my goals and finished competing, I'd love to do more of it in person. Runner actually hosts like a lot of um, events and group runs and I'm always getting kind of like FOMO of them all going off to do them together. So it's definitely stuff like that I would I would absolutely love to get involved in. Um, when you start coaching with someone, someone brand new, what are the sort of the usual mistakes that you have to kind of keep an eye out for that? a sort of classic classic beginner mistakes amateurish sort of running stuff yeah I think for me it's it's actually having to get people to slow down a bit when they first start because they're maybe really excited and just want to kind of crack on and they've set big goals on a race or or whatever they might have in in the future and sometimes it's just a case of slowing things down so that we can build nicely we can peak at the right time for a race and I find sometimes runners maybe want to ramp up their mileage a bit too quickly and in doing that some people can often then neglect strength work 
and both of these things are a higher injury risk so it's kind of trying to encourage people and remind people that running is all about patience and sometimes less is more and um, if they're short on time it's trying to encourage them to to drop a run to to add a strength session so that will help with their injury prevention or if they're absolutely exhausted from a big day at work or a big few days at work or they've been traveling to kind of take that rest day because they can be hard to take when they're not planned so it's it's just getting people to yeah to slow down a bit at the early stage and kind of bank some of that motivation in terms of a uh, strength work stuff Steph what, what are you doing stuff differently now or did you follow quite a classic strength and conditioning program are you kind of like r- relatively heavy weights two or three times a week how's it work for you yeah so I'm in the gym um twice a week doing heavier weights and that's set by a strength and conditioning coach and that's tailored around kind of my weaknesses so I'll be into the physio and they'll identify areas that maybe we need to work on and then that goes into my gym plan so twice a week I typically go Monday and Friday and yeah we we would lift relatively heavy and then in between then I'm kind of supplementing that with kind of daily stretching and physio exercises that I've been given with bands and stuff that I can do at home mobility work and then I also do which is now new I do a weekly drill session with my coach so that's kind of focusing on running technique because we've kind of made some changes to my technique recently to kind of help with injury prevention and that is categorized as kind of a strength session as well because you are having to really think about your core it's a bit of plyometrics coordination um so it's very different to what we do in the gym but um it's definitely all part of that kind of strength and conditioning how do you how do you i know that recently you've you because up until the end of last year you were working part-time full-time alongside training anyway weren't you and now it's well certainly you're still working but not at the not in the world of finance that you were previously um how have you always managed that balance of time because as you're saying all that about the stretching i've only just recently i've had to change it all around and do it in the evenings uh in front of the telly and I've found that that's the only if I if I do that then then I make that makes me do it. Otherwise, I'm really bad at like fitting it into the day, which is not the correct approach. But um, how did you how do you stay sort of regimented in 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 fitting all those bits into the day? So I like to have as much a routine as possible. Now, obviously, things come up and you have to be a bit flexible. Um, but doing my stretching so I actually I know you're you're just laughing there about you doing it in front of the tv but that's exactly <laughs> when I do my stretching yes yeah. <laughs> like a pro elite athlete bed. so yeah usually before bed because I find that's actually when I have the most time in the morning I do try and do kind of five ten minutes when I got up kind of before I start work or go out the door to training it's just maybe not as as long as my evening routine but even then like that's maybe only kind of 10, 15 minutes of stretching I do in the evening. I'm not sitting there for hours. For me, I think little and often it works better um, just to keep on top of what areas for me maybe feel tight in that moment. So I might have found, oh, actually my hip's feeling a bit tight today. So this evening I'll just focus on getting like the ball into my hip, doing some hip stretches. But I think having that one time every day for me really helps me keep on top of it. Whereas if I just said each day, I'll do it when I fit it in, I'll probably just forget. So it's just making it a routine and little and often works better for me. Whereas some people might find actually I'm just going to dedicate one hour on a Wednesday and go to a yoga class or whatever. And that's their thing. 
but it is finding what works for you and your routine and then really just being strict with it but yeah I left my finance job in December and started working more hours at runner and again like I just work part-time for them but we do that on kind of a Monday or Tuesday again to keep that routine so then I can then plan my rest of the week um runner are great so I can plan my training around those days on Monday and Tuesday but it is just yeah routine is key routine there we go boring but key (laughs) (laughs) and what are your plans for the rest of the the year and I mean we're already halfway through this one next year I guess what are you training for um so I had a hip injury at the start of the year so we've been building back since late spring and just taking it at a nice rate because I feel maybe that's what I've learned from my other injuries is that it's always been like let's rush back to get to this marathon to try and qualify for this major champs we're actually sometimes I think slowing down thinking of that bigger picture and although then it feels like a big move to say like maybe I can't qualify for that champs because it's just too soon but in the long run it, it probably would have been a better decision so now we're just trying to take it at my own rate, do some local races, races, and the plan will definitely be to do a marathon at, at some point, um, either later this year or spring next year. Um, just not really sure which one, but in the meantime, I'm just getting back to races with the, the shorter stuff, which definitely tests me in other ways. <laughs> well, so thanks so much for your time and coming on the Runners World podcast talking about marathon training. We wish you all the best of luck in your own training, obviously, and also... Um, everything you're doing with runner sounds great as well so thanks very much for your time thank you so much for having me so that brings us to the end of this week's runner's world podcast and a huge thank you to our guest steph davis and of course to you for listening all the usual deals and subscription stuff is still out there on the internet just search for it if you if you want to but most importantly make sure you have subscribed to this podcast tune in next week lots of more fantastic guests coming as always and uh yeah get out there enjoy your running and uh you'll hear from us soon Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.